Hello and welcome to Warwick Podcasts. I'm Sean Owen and I'm here today with Dr Ruth Cherrington from the Department of Translation and Comparative Cultural Studies at Warwick. Ruth's research focuses on issues surrounding identity and representation in our rapidly changing multicultural world. One example being the demise of the Working Men's Club, which is a working class institution with many positive and negative stereotypes, but an institution that has nonetheless contributed massively to the cultural fabric of the UK. Um, So first of all, Ruth, why the interest in Working Men's Clubs? Well, there are many reasons, but it's largely personal, actually, uh, going back to my own childhood, um, being brought up on a council estate and living right opposite a working man's club. It was literally just over the road and almost like a part of our house, uh, almost like our second huge living room. So a lot of my early life was tied up with that club. And as I grew older, I realised what an important institution this club and other clubs like it were. So what do you think is the historical significance of working men's clubs? Well, they were part of our society, as you said earlier. Um, They grew up in the 19th century to fulfil a gap really um, there wasn't an awful lot for people to do I mean we, we're sport for choice these days about leisure pursuits but the working people had the pub and very little else and perhaps the music hall but again you needed money for that and a lot of uh, leisure activities were profit making so there was really a gap and working men wanted somewhere where they could go in their own time a place that would be their own not necessarily where they were lining the pockets of a landlord as they would be in a pub so it grew out of a need to have something else in the the leisure time for working men and it, it, it grew from there really. There are also negative connotations associated with working men's clubs. Um, for instance, uh, the, the white working men's clubs, you know, notoriously bigoted, slightly sexist, probably homophobic. Yes, well, of course, the very name itself, working men's clubs, means there's going to be an issue about women right from the start. And um, and obviously, we've said already, it's a working class institution, so not appealing to other people. And of course, thinking about when the clubs were set up from the 19th century through to the 20th century, they, they were going to be male-dominated, male-oriented um, institutions, and they were going to be white. And this became an issue, obviously, later on. Obviously, when they were first opened, the idea that, that women could be full members was just not an issue because in late Victorian society women didn't have many rights um, they didn't even have the vote, that came a lot later. So it was just accepted that these were institutions for men but nevertheless many clubs did open their doors to women men could take their wives and children certain times of the week and, and some of the clubs actually allowed women to become members fairly early on in the 20th century so it wasn't across the board that all clubs were male only and male drinking dens that's not the case. How do you feel that the clubs have caught with multiculturalism in particular? Well they're very slow to adapt. One of the key characteristics of of working men's clubs is that they're private members clubs so they can refuse people um, on various grounds if they think they're not going to be suitable members. Now these clubs would have never said we're not having these people join because they're black they would have said, well, we don't consider them suitable candidates. Mm -hmm. And I suppose the national executive, higher levels, took their time really to see which way the wind was blowing in terms of social change. And they inadvertently supported clubs when they did that because the national executive said, we can't tell individual clubs what to do. They are private members' clubs. But obviously after 1970, when there was laws passed... um, 
against discrimination it became more difficult to support this and and finally I think people began to realize that you know, society's changed there are different sorts of people out there from different places different backgrounds and they want to go out and have a pint take their wives to concerts like white working class men did so they should be allowed to join but there were some cases when in fact it, it did look pretty nasty and there were some cases that were fairly discriminatory. But to move on from the sort of dark side of working men's clubs um, one of the things which working men's clubs are very well known for is the live entertainment. Yes uh, where to begin probably we can begin right back with music hall actually I think a lot of the early impetus for concerts for turns that are still often called in clubs isn't it the turns um, came from the music hall because you know working class people that was one form of entertainment that was available if you had the money uh, to go to music hall so when clubs started they quickly went away from just being reading rooms or places where men sat and played cards and dominoes and the like. Um, they wanted concerts and often they came from the, the members themselves uh, during what we call free and easies. Anyone with a bit of talent or none at all could stand up, give a song, play the piano, tell a few jokes and gradually the entertainment become more professional and at the peak of the club movement in the 70s probably most of the entertainment was professional and it employed a lot of live entertainers throughout the country the club circuit was the thing to do and it was the 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 ground where a lot of people cut their teeth so to speak and they went on to become famous such as frank ifield engelbert humperdinck Mm. and the likes they were club entertainers first and foremost and then they went on to do more because their popularity but yes some of them were not that good and the thing is about the audiences in clubs they they don't suffer fools kindly so they tell them to go you get booed off or you get shouted at or various other abusive terms which I won't repeat here (laughs) and um, and when the club has got a good entertainment secretary they just go up to the artiste um, at half time and say there's your money go home don't bother coming back for the second half so they didn't put up with with bad entertainers for too long uh, but aside from the live entertainment and your know, other things which are, you know, we associate with working men's clubs, there's also um, a lot of community activity which doesn't really get advertised as such. They just got on with it. There's a lot of music events, amateur dramatics, charity events, raising money. It's a very positive thing that working men's clubs, or social clubs, did do, and yet they're not really associated with that aspect. Yes, um, it's an unacknowledged one, really, uh, which I think is a great pity, and it's about time people actually sat up and realised what clubs have done over the years and this goes back right to the very beginnings of clubs obviously charity begins at home was a Victorian phrase and I think the club men took that on board and thought well charity begins in our own clubs so the idea was to look after each other look after the members this idea of, of mutual self-help really and um, and the, the club and institute union quickly set up convalescence homes for example and this was a long time before the welfare state you know this was back in the late 19th century so so men recovering from surgery who obviously couldn't afford holidays or anything like that, then there was no NHS, nothing to support them, could go and spend a week or two at a convalescent home by the seaside, pay for through their subscriptions. But it quickly went further than that. Often the charities were locally based within the local community or something nearby, like a 
lot of clubs in Coventry um, would find perhaps a home for disabled children nearby or a special school which they wanted to support or perhaps a member's child needed a special um, operation which wasn't available on the NHS and would have to go to America or somewhere for it. They'd find the funding. So there's always uh, charity events going on either for local charities, for members themselves or for the wider community. And they raised thousands and thousands of pounds. And they were very quick to respond to to spontaneous things. I mean, I can think of an example in Coventry, a very sad example, where uh, a young policeman was shot in the, I think it was 1960s, and um, local clubs raised money for that young man's um, family. Uh, It was just something they did off their own bat. No one told them to do it. They They just did it. And, you know, if you go in a club in between buying bingo tickets, raffle tickets and things like this, there'd probably be someone coming around collecting money for some sort of charity. A lot of these working men clubs are actually closing now, um, including the Coventry Working Men's Club, which is the oldest in the country. You have to ask, really, will society actually miss these, given all the good work that they do in the community, and uh, what will they be replaced by? It's hard to see at the moment what they're going to be replaced by and um, a lot of people might say well if people aren't using them and they're going into debt and they're closing down there's no need for them but I think it's it's a lot more complex than that. It's often the case if you don't miss something until it's gone until you you know you, that facility is no longer there. Um, I think a lot of the work that we've talked about such as the charity work and the community work will be missed. It certainly will be missed and uh, I think the role that clubs played as centres of communities will be missed. Where were people going to go now to meet up with their friends and their neighbours, um, particularly for old people? You know, we, these days, charities like Age Concern and, and Help the Aged struggle to to help elderly people. You know, we are an ageing population, and uh, in a sense, clubs and even pubs and bingo halls actually were places that old people could go and meet with other people, have a night out, and, and just feel they were still part of society. Now, if your local club closes and you've got limited mobility, that's it. You're going to be stuck in every night. So, I think the facilities for older people will certainly be missed, but. But also, I think the opportunities to have facilities for the whole family, because clubs at their their heyday were family places where people went and you got generations, you got whole families going. Um, I've talked to people who had big families like myself. And when you went out with the whole of your family, you took up half a room, you took up half the concert room and you had three or even four generations of people together. We don't do that very much these days. We don't seem to have anywhere to go to do that. And, And we have problems with children these days people complain about the youth of today and the fact that they don't relate to adults well in clubs there was a place for them they also had uh, an idea of authority there there were certain things they knew they could do certain things they knew they couldn't do and and everybody got along within this framework I think we are already missing that actually and we probably don't realize that we're missing such institutions because nowadays it's very rare um, that people will go out perhaps as a family and clubs were places where you you did go with the family so I think certainly that's something that's a great loss. And you've got a website which talks about issues surrounding working men's clubs. Oh yes I have it's uh, www.clubhistorians.co.uk and what I'm asking people to do is to get in touch really and if they've got some interesting club memories to send them um, to us and um, also if any nice pictures interesting things to we can put them up there because what we want to do is to document what's happening, to document what we're losing. Well, best of luck with that and thank you very much. Thank you very much. 